Welcome back, everybody. Blue Collar Whitetail Podcast, officially powered by Rackaholic Outdoors, the true whitetail sense and cover sense made from an Indiana deer farm from the deer to the bottle. Tonight, we have on Brett Morris from Blue River Bow Hunting. Brett, go ahead and say hi to everybody. What's going on? Uh, yeah, Brett had me on a podcast uh, last week, and he uploaded it as well to his YouTube page. And uh, seemed like a really cool cat. So we have him on our side of the fence tonight. And uh, go ahead and tell him a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Brett Morris. I'm from uh, East Central Indiana. Uh, I've been deer hunting, turkey hunting, waterfowl hunting basically my entire life. Um, I decided to take the the whitetail uh, part of it a little further than most would and got some uh, really nice filming equipment, uh, started my own brand, Blue River Bow Hunting, started a podcast. Uh, you know, I, I feel like sometimes that can be a broken record. There's a lot of people that have podcasts or start their own brand or something, but it's it's really made for the regular guy. It's made for uh, just like us two sitting right here talking to one another. You know, we're just regular guys that have a nine to five. And then after that, it's, uh, you know, focusing basically on whitetail 24 7 365 days a year and i wanted to share my story with everybody when it came to youtube and all that kind of stuff because i get to hunt with some really cool guys that take really really big deer uh and now i'm along uh, for the ride basically as a freelance cameraman basically for everybody that's uh, a part of my team and it's just a fun uh, fun adventure to go on uh, every fall and you know, seeing everything and how everybody sets up their, their properties different, uh, compared to maybe what I would do or, you know, another buddy would do, but it's just a, a cool adventure that I've been on for, I think this is, uh, four years now, I think going on and, uh, it's just been a blast, man. Yeah. I, I really like, uh, like the content you guys put out on TikTok and stuff. And, um, like I said, I'm still, diving into your videos so you, know, <laughs> right. you sent me that that old one the other day and that that was still cool to see like i love i love old footage like uh that fitzgerald the instinctive shooting guy or whatever oh yeah uh, just watching his old videos and stuff i mean those are just classic so yeah i started with just a, a, a small sony handycam you know if you ask anybody that that's in that uh you know in that world of uh, videography for whitetails or any kind of hunting they say just to start out to see if you like it just buy a cheap camera uh or use your phone or something like that and just <laughs> yeah. get into it man and it's been so much fun you went and watched the, the that video that i put together a, a compilation of everything that i've done over the last uh you know prior to me getting ni nice equipment and some of those videos are you know pretty wild to see yeah. even though it's not the best uh quality of footage Oh, it was dope. It had it had me going. It, you sent me that at the right time. I was like, "Oh man, a couple of days before the hunt, I'm I'm jacked now." Oh yeah. Um. So you you touched on Blue River a little bit, and I feel like this is going to be a really obvious answer, possibly. But uh, Blue River bow hunting, how'd that name come about? Well, it's funny. It, it's it's kind of a cool story, and, and I don't I won't take up too much of your time with the story, but it it ties into everything. Uh. 
back in my uh, early 20s, uh, me and some guys were hardcore waterfowl guys. Like oh, yeah. we, we, we did everything waterfowl. Our, you know, our deer season re- revolved around duck hunting and <laughs> goose hunting and stuff, you know, and, uh, we hunted blue river a lot. Like it was our, our, our honey hole every, every, uh, a winter when everything would freeze up, we'd hit the river, just start smacking birds, just having a great old time. And we used to call ourselves just joking around. Yeah. We used to call ourselves the blue river bottom boys. Hell yeah. Dude. And it was just fun. You know, we did a, uh, <laughs> just had fun with it. And then, uh, obviously, uh, I deer hunt blue river as well. And it's just a, a staple of kind of the community that I live in. Uh, we kayak down the river, we fish the river. It's just, a uh, it's an ecosystem that's unreal. And it's crazy. I say that, not five minutes before we hit record, uh, one of the guys I hunt with sent me a picture. Um, he had found a, um, a decent buck, a little bit bigger than a basket rack. Uh, they found him dead on the river today, which oh, no. it sucks. Uh, the whole EHD thing's kind of taken up on uh, this part of, part of the state, but hopefully it doesn't spread too much because he's got very nice property. You guys are, uh, getting plagued with that right now or what? Uh, it's been, uh, in this area for, I'd say, going on right around six years or so Jesus. uh seems like it hits at different times in different locations but uh it's very present in the area uh since we're on quick do you think like what do you think the cause of that is like i know some i've heard one guy he's like that's just god's way of saying you got too many deer down there or something <laughs> i'm like i don't know if that plays into it like i think it has a lot to do with the, the like the mosquito larva uh near the river and they get it in their uh their nasal passages and that sort of stuff and then between drinking water or hitting uh food sources they pass it along to one another but uh it's definitely crippling the deer herd in my area which used to be a very plentiful deer herd uh is down to skin and bones man yeah that that uh does not sound like a fun thing no. to my knowledge i don't i don't think we've had anything like that up here um which is crazy because it seems like those mosquitoes could about carry you off. <laughs> right. Like they might change the state bird to that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> Unlimited bag limit. Uh, you talk about filming an awful lot. And I guess my question to you is uh, one, well, the first part question, how do you balance the filming and hunting? Because um, you said you kind of rarely go by yourself as well the way uh way it sounds so how do you kind of balance the filming hunting aspect uh yes give me a rundown on that you know honestly it's like a a 90 10 uh, a 90 percent to a 10 percent um you know i will hop back there for a buddy and do it as much as i can but uh that buddy will also jump behind the camera for me uh it's funny uh week one of our fantasy fantasy league i played my neighbor and our bet was uh whoever wins gets to be behind their bow november 5th it's a saturday and i won so i know one day that i'm gonna be behind my bow (laughs) but but there's other times uh maybe somebody can't go or it's me pop behind the house after work or or something like that and 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 i'll go solo and normally if i go solo i don't really mess with the camera much it's just too much to do uh with that kind of filming equipment it's uh it takes everything it takes your full attention to put everything together and then you know putting a gopro uh i put a gopro like on top of my camera arm so like when i'll either turn it and face me or i'll turn it and like 
angle it down towards whoever I'm filming. So like when I move that camera arm, you can like I had a badass uh, angle. Uh, opening day of bow season last year, we had three bucks come into uh, our little food plot, and I had that GoPro above us, and and I move as the deer walking in uh, with my big camera, but the GoPro is catching everything that he's seeing. Uh, it's just a really cool angle to see. It's right at dark. It's pretty badass. That sounds epic. But I'm definitely going to try to spend a little bit more time behind the bow this year. Um, hopefully they uh, help me out a little bit and film me too. I know my neighbor Adam will because uh, he likes the whole filming thing too. But, you know, when it comes down to crunch time, they don't want to be behind the camera. And I don't mind being behind the camera because I know they're chasing big deer. They're going to make smart decisions in the stand to catch all this on film we work well together you know when you go to film somebody or team up with somebody you have to have a special uh almost i don't want to call it a relationship but almost <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, you have to have yeah. a, a, a special record between the both of you uh and it's just a fun thing i have i have that with several people uh that don't mind me going with them and uh seeing my fat ass climb a tree every <laughs> once in a while <laughs> yeah it, it would be and like i said i i can't I can only imagine, like, because the, what's it, yeah, so last year I tried to do filming off my phone with, like, an easy hanger, mm -hmm. and then this year I actually, I took her Sony camera, and I've, I've been trying to do that, and, like, these deer are 50 yards away from me, and I'm like, oh, shit, are they coming in, they coming in, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, <laughs> I was like, screw the camera, I was like, because <laughs> well, you, I mean, if you're self-filming, you probably got to be okay with the fact of, you might miss an opportunity. Well, that's what when when I was texting the other night, we were talking about them old films. I have in 2020, I went to Buffalo County, Wisconsin. It's the number one county in the United States for Pope and Young deer, Boone and Crockett deer, uh, just absolute giants running around. And uh, my last day there, um, I filmed a pretty nice buck coming up out of this draw. 60 70 yards away couldn't get a shot he went into this uh bedding area and i thought he was gone forever well lo and behold in the last half hour 45 minutes of daylight i look back to that bedding area and he's on a beeline straight to me oh. and i'm like oh my god this is my opportunity i have to get it done i'm self-filming myself it's 12 degrees outside there's six inches Ooh. of snow on the ground and it's october and he's coming right to me, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is my chance. I'm finally going to get to do this for myself. Uh, and he went directly behind me, and I had to make a choice in a millisecond. Do I mess with the camera? I mean, I literally took the camera as far as I could, and it basically hit the tree. And I just let go of it, swung to the other side, drew back, and drilled him. And oh, yeah. you can hear it, but you can't see it. Hey. That's the bad thing about it, but um, I got a video coming out um, to be coming out this spring from uh, previous from this spring uh, from Michigan, and I actually got it done on film. Uh, I had my own cameraman, Zach Sloan from uh, Mid State Outdoors up in Michigan. Uh, they are unreal when it comes to all their filming equipment. Uh, we kind of like switched hunts uh, or swapped hunts type of thing. He invited me up for turkey season, and he filmed me. Well, he's coming to Indiana for deer season, and I'm nice. film, filming him. So it was a definitely an awesome trade-off. I killed one of the biggest birds of my life on film. Uh, I'm kind of waiting for the turkey stuff to ramp back up in the spring, and I'm going to drop that. I've been working on it already. I got it almost put together. Uh, it's kind of a longer video, too. 
man, we had just footage after footage of turkeys up there. We had them at 60, 70 yards in our face, gobbling all on camera. It's awesome, man. <laughs> that, uh, turkeys and me have a love hate relationship. Uh, <laughs> right. I have like an unbroken curse or like an unbreakable curse. It seems like with birds, like, dude, I've called them straight across the cut field. And then the, some, the, the hospital uh, helicopter here is called the Samaritan, mm-hmm. and it flies over. They run back, and then I, I call them back across the field. Well, here it comes on the return, and it <laughs> scared them off. Like it's just it's always something. And uh, best shot we had this year was youth season with my boy, and even then, like we couldn't we couldn't get them over. So I don't. Me and turkeys just and i hate it i'm like i ain't buying a tag next year and then i end up buying a tag and i'm like <laughs> i have i kind of had that uh well i kind of do too when it comes to indiana birds uh i have this curse i can't break i haven't killed an indiana bird since uh probably 2015 2016 uh but i had um some incredible property down in kentucky for years i still have it but they've been building um, some homes and some other stuff oh, down there along Lake Cumberland. I went on like an eight-year streak. I killed a bird eight years in a row, got spoiled, thought it was easy. And then I started trying these Indiana birds, and they make me look like the worst turkey hunter ever. Dude, I'm telling you, I, I just don't get it. I I don't get it. <laughs> um, so you, uh, you've talked in our past podcast about saddle hunting, uh, how do you like the saddle game so far? Oh, yeah, I, I, I love it so far. Uh, it's definitely, I think it's, the reason I love it is because it's new, right? You get that new shiny toy. Everybody likes the new shiny mm-hmm. toy until uh, things don't go your way, maybe in a certain couple of situations or whatever. Um, but I'm definitely probably going to have some growing pains when it comes to that. Um, you know, all the, the places that I hunt uh, that I have permission on, they're all preset hang-ons. You know, I go in. I'll get up. It's pretty easy, right? Oh, yeah. uh, but this year, there's going to be times like when Zach from Midstate Outdoors comes from Michigan. Uh, we're going to have climbing sticks. He has a, a lone wolf, uh, you know, lock on, and I'll have my or my my saddle, and we'll go up, and I'll let him uh, set his uh, platform up and everything, and then I'll sit on the opposite side of the tree. Um, just it's going to be uh, you know an adjustment for sure, but I think it's going to help me out in the long run because I'm so mobile. I can go do whatever. Right. I'm a big uh, all day sit kind of guy, uh, especially after the, you know that last weekend in October. After that, uh, if I have time off work, uh, I'm in there before the sun comes up, and I'm out of there after the sun go way after the sun goes down. Playing my cards right, trying to put myself in the right situation. And, and I could see myself very easily during a midday sit, maybe getting down and just switching to another tree. Maybe I saw something in the morning that made me think that maybe I, there's a hot dough in the area and they're running a Creek a certain way or the river a certain way. There's just endless possibilities with a saddle. I feel like compared to just going into a preset uh, or whatever, you know, a climber is not that bad, but you know, a climber is so heavy and bulky and trying to take it places. Um, blue river bow hunting and, um, hunt the wild podcast and um american country outdoors from texas is putting a public land hunt on in southern indiana this year and i'm going to be hiking quite a bit back in there and i've already been to kentucky this year hiking deep three four miles deep uh and it's just a that's easy with a saddle you know i can put it in my backpack and walk as far as i want to uh i don't think a lot of people can do that with a climber on their back 
Uh, not quietly, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> dragging on branches and everything else. Uh, it seems like I'm hearing a lot of talk, too, of, like, people feel a lot safer in the saddle, which is crazy because it seems like you're just hanging out there. Um, but, yeah, just, like, the standpoint of you seem more streamlined doing that. And I think I've watched a couple of videos, too, where guys, like you were mentioning, they would move, like, mid-sit to get up on these deer and then end up shooting one. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And the the safety thing, like you you noted, um, when we went to Kentucky for the opener down there, uh, my neighbor, um, he saddle hunted with me as well. And uh, he actually never took his lineman's belt off. So he had his lineman's belt on and the tether that he connect to his bridge. <laughs> so he was basically, there's no way he's falling out of a tree. <laughs> no, he's like Spider-Man right now. <laughs> right. And he would, there was uh, one tree that we liked getting up in the first day, and it actually had a big branch that came off of it. And he didn't have a, a huge platform like I do. I have um, an XOP Edge. It's a pretty big platform for saddle hunting. Uh, he had a smaller platform. So he just used that branch as a, basically a platform while we were hunting. Which that's all awesome. I mean you sometimes in certain situations when it comes to saddle hunting, you may not even need to use a stick. You may use one stick to get up a little bit and you can climb branches, you know, all the way up. You may not even need your sticks to get as high as you want to. Use the cover to your advantage, you know. Cause yeah, I want like I keep like I said, I keep looking at uh this bedding area up here, the pines. I wonder how good you could get like in a pine tree. You well, know what I mean? Like I've watched some stuff, uh, some guys from like Kansas and stuff like that. Uh, they'll go, uh, five to 10 foot off the ground, really not even that high. Uh, and they'll take some shears or, or a saw in there with them and kind of cut them a, a, an opening in that pine, uh, or whatever kind of tree that they, they use out there. I'm drawing a blank at the moment, but kind of get themselves an area and then they kind of brush that stuff, use that stuff that they cut out you know, to kind of blind themselves in a little bit by sticking branches that they cut off in certain places. But, uh, you know, cover's huge when it doesn't matter what you're in. If you're in a climber, a lock-on, a uh, saddle, you got to have a little bit of cover, you know what I mean? Well, and that's kind of what sucks with climbers, too. I feel like, you know, you're looking for a telephone pole. <laughs> right. And you can only go so high and just hope you can get underneath some uh, canopy there. Uh, you said you were in East Central Indiana, right? Yes, sir. So, obviously, we got uh, abundance of corn everywhere. And uh, is there any any kind of – I know you said you hunt the river. Um, is there any kind of key, uh, like, terrain you're looking at down there uh, to hunt on? Like, what would you prefer to set up on in your area? Well, there's so many di- – uh, there's a variety of stuff. Um, in my area, I feel like, like you mentioned the river, river bottoms, uh, we have a ton of ag here, flat, flat, flat ag and some, you know, smaller, uh, tracks of woods, uh, butting up to, um, the ag and it may have elevation. It may not have elevation. Just depends on what property I go to, but man, it don't get no better than sitting on that river bottom simply for the fact you don't know what you're going to see day in and day out. It's like, uh, you know, opening a mystery box every day. You have <laughs> literally have no idea. I mean, the, the river has a very, it, it had, let's say it had a very healthy deer population until we had, uh, the whole EHD thing kind of knock it down a few pegs, but dude, you could sit down there and it was just like, 
a, a highway for deer on both sides and you would just never know what you were going to see you know you could one day you could see uh, a 130 on your side of the river the next day he's on the other side of the river it just depends on what time of the year you're talking but uh, uh the part of the river that i like going to the best is behind my wife's parents house and it their house sits way up off the river and it's just like straight down from their house down into the river bottom and it flattens out probably uh, 40 to 50 yards before the river. And there's just that off of that, uh, that hill is just a, I mean, a highway. They use the bottom of that ridge and, and you can see them almost coming from miles, you know, in November when all the leaves are off and you can see down through the river. I mean, you can see them crossing. I, one time I rattled a buck across the river. I mean, he come through there, kabloosh, 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 came back upside and I'm sitting there watching him panting, shake himself off. <laughs> uh, my buddy, uh, Ryan, one of the properties that uh, we hunt, it's uh, in Shelby County, which is about 20 minutes from where I'm at right now. But he shot a 163-inch eight-pointer, and he literally shot it as it came out of the river. It came up up oh, on the bank, yeah. shook off, and he shot it. <laughs> I mean, just absolute wild. studs, man. We never had a picture of that deer on camera. What's even funnier is the neighbor uh, put it on Facebook like 15 minutes before he shot it. It was chasing three does through his yard went down into the bottom and that's where ryan was sitting that's crazy yeah i mean i I hear guys talking about you know that being like a highway um i mean that's got to be fairly easy to travel i mean depending probably on the the water level and everything but just i i can't even fathom it you know most i hunt is like a a creek that feeds into the swamp Mm -hmm. um but I, i can't imagine actually hunting you know like a a actual river or like a right something substantial compared to a creek you know what i mean but my 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 bread and butter for years was ag edges of ag uh i've killed a couple of these bucks behind me um basically fence rows uh in the middle of two bigger tracks uh and if i showed you where these stands were at or where they were at you would be like dude why are you sitting in the middle of nothing but it was such a travel corridor, and I knew the way they traveled it from one woods to the other or hitting the ag along there. Uh, I used to sit in a corner of an alfalfa field, and, man, early bow season, them traveling from one woods into the alfalfa, <laughs> back through the corn to the other set of 80 acres. Uh, it was it was awesome to watch them walk those drainage ditches. I can remember being probably – I had just started bow hunting, so I'm going to say – 14 15 16 years old and i'm telling my dad i'm like put me on some deer tonight i i hadn't seen any deer in a couple <laughs> sits i want to see some deer tonight he goes i tell you what we're gonna go to walmart right now and we're gonna buy you a lock on tree stand and this is back when the screw-in steps were a big thing and he said uh i'm gonna show you a place and you pick the tree i said okay let's go yeah. so we put everything together went up and uh, we were walking that alfalfa field. We got to the very corner of it, and I can see him kind of like hesitating. I said, "What about that tree right there?" He goes, "Great pick." He goes, "I wasn't <laughs> going to mention it to you, but that's uh, that's a pretty good pick there." So I put my stand up. We went home. Come back for the evening hunt. Uh, and he goes, keep an eye on that standing corn down there in that, the corner of that alfalfa field. Uh, I've been seeing some good bucks through there. I'm like, sweet. I'm all jacked up. You know, I'm mm-hmm. thinking I'm going to see something. <clears throat> Probably about an hour, 45 minutes-ish before dark. I look up, and it's just a train of deer coming out of the corner of the standing corn into this alfalfa. 
Uh, and at the back of that, that train were two of the biggest bucks I've ever seen on hoof. One was probably a one at the time. Anyways, one was probably a one thirty, one was probably a one fifty ish 10 pointer. Uh, and they made their way down that drainage ditch in front of me at about 60 to 70 yards and they turn around and it's really early. I mean, they're still kind of bachelor grouped up. Uh, they start tickling their horns. They were messing, kind of testing each other out a little bit. And I was, I was shaking so bad. I thought I was going to fall out of the stand that <laughs> night. <laughs> you know, I was young. I hadn't experienced that sort of thing yet. Uh, you know, they kind of were messing around with each other, kind of, I don't know, testing dominance. I don't know exactly what they were doing, but the one just stood out to me. He was, I mean, absolute freaking giant, a 10 pointer, about 150 inches. Uh, and they went past me. I could never get a shot. They get in the standing corn behind me. They disappear. Well, I said, I'm going back. I'm going back in the morning. I know exactly where they're going to come out of. And they did just that, except for that one deer. The 150 never came out. And I'm like, what the hell's going on, man? Uh, so back in the day, we had the walkie-talkies. You know, you talk to one another and then put it on your chest so you wasn't all loud and stuff, you know. And uh, my dad was ready to get down. Well, he hit the little call button on the radio. When he did that, I put it up against my chest. But I just happened to look down. That 150 was standing underneath me. And Whoa. I was froze. I didn't know what to do. All of a sudden, here come my dad walking down the alfalfa field. And I turned around did the best I could drew back and it was like a straight down shot. Oh, hell like no. I said, I'm 15, 16 years old. Didn't have that experience at then. I shot right over top of it. What I think was over top of it. He was standing in standing corn. I never thought anything would come through the corn right there because it was still standing. Uh, I replay that in my head a lot, even as an adult, because it would have probably been the biggest deer that I got on my wall for sure. And it would have been a bow kill damn <laughs> it, it's crazy i mean like you were saying a lot of a lot of crazy stuff happens on a fence row i i hunted one for about two years we had permission just a strip of trees in the middle of the field like you said you have to wait for him to come out the woods and cross that field and it was hard because it the one farmer he'd always have like those airplanes drop and, and spray yeah. or whatever so like once all that corn's cut you just have a thing of green out there and you had to wait him for him to cross the middle of that line but uh, I've seen fighting out there. Oh, yeah. So a big buck actually lay down watching two of them spar. He's like, I'm big dog. You guys play, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. this crazy stuff happening out there. Um, let's go ahead and, and let's, let's jump into your, your buck in October last year. You, you touched on that a little bit, but I, I'm dying to hear the story. <laughs> it's kind of a cool story. Uh, it's not, the biggest deer I've ever shot in my life uh, was one of those moments where uh, my adrenaline got the best of me. I shot him later on. He, he shrank a little bit as I got up on him. Still, respect, I think I, we measured him out. He's about 113 inches. Uh, nothing huge by any means, but um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm texting people as I do. Uh, we kind of have a group chat and all that kind of stuff, and I'm saying, hey, who's available after work? I'm ready to hit it. I'm ready to leave work right now. Uh, you know, that last weekend in October, last week of October, I'm jacked up, you know, pre-rut strong, all that stuff. Nobody can go, so... I contemplated not even going myself, uh, trying to kind of take the day off, relax a little bit can be, uh, can be a grind, you know, and every once in a while, a little sleep, they don't kill nobody. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I get, uh, get home and get undressed from work and hop in the shower where, well, in the shower, my 
uh, we have a, a his and hers type of section in our shower. Uh, in mine, the Old Spice sits right next to my uh, dead down wind stuff. Okay. So I'm I'm staring at it. And I'm like, what do I do? Yeah, screw it. Got the dead down wind. Took myself a scent shower. Got dressed. Drove over uh, to a farm I had just picked up less than a mile from my house so it's really close i was like i'll just go sit there tonight uh we'll see what happens uh i get there there's two does bedded underneath the stand that i was getting in so they jump up and take off of course i'm going as fast as i can to get set up and maybe catch one of them on the way back i still had two doe tags in my pocket thought about maybe poking one of them and uh as i look down not uh not an hour into my hunt have a ton of daylight left uh, I don't know if them does jumped him up out of his bed by taking off down through there, uh, but I saw two bucks in the bottom of this bottom of this ridge, uh, kind of coming past me, but at like a an eighty to ninety yard range down through uh, some thicker stuff. And I thought, wow, that's actually not a bad deer uh, from what I saw. He circled all the way around me. It took him a couple hours, but he circled all the way down me and came up the ridge, and then basically came almost to the base of my tree uh he turned i kind of played peekaboo with him a couple times on the tree i didn't know what side he was going to go to uh finally he came to one side and i thought man this is not a bad deer drew back put it right through the pump house he didn't go 60 yards uh he had i had blood four foot up on the trees on both sides all the way down which the coolest thing about shooting him the way i did is he ran towards the road so I had to drag him maybe 60 yards, if that, to the road. Gutted him right there by the road, threw him in the bed of the truck, and I was tagged out in Indiana before November even hit. Dude, that is epic. <laughs> right. the, the, those stories just like that are, are, are what get me. You know, They're not not the biggest ones, but it got you excited at the time and yeah. well worth the tag. Well, when uh, he, I didn't know if I was going to pull back on him or not, and um, – about the time I'd hit the old man, he just he just looked big enough. His everything looked good enough for me to 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 put an arrow through him. And like we had talked about previously, I'm not behind my bow all that much uh, filming everybody. So I took what chance I had and I uh, delivered on it. Yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta make the most of it. And right. uh, you know that that I mean I don't know how the rest of your season went, but. Uh, that that could have been like your best opportunity at one, you know. I mean, you wouldn't know, right? Uh, and, and that's what's hard too. I think a lot of the times, I mean, some of the times you have a really good idea, like oh yeah, but right. Sometimes it happens so damn quick. It's well, just well, like you don't have time to think about it. Well, the craziest thing is that was my first year hunting that property, so I wasn't really sure what was even around to begin with. And funny thing is, I killed him. Uh, on the way out, I pulled a card. I, I keep a card reader in my bag so I can check some of my trail cameras. Pulled the card, threw it in the card reader as as we were dragging this deer off. And uh, there was like three different bucks on that camera that made that that buck look <laughs> like a weasel. <laughs> uh, the one, uh, I think some people have been watching it around here. Uh, like I said, that place is about less than a mile from my house. I go down uh, a, a county road and then hit another county road. And I can, I mean, if I could walk through a field and get away with it, I would, but I can't. I got to use the road. Um, there's one that's been out there this summer, um, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating this. He's in a 180s plus. Oh. Uh, yes, uh, he's an absolute giant, <laughs> and that's just um, the where he's been at in this alfalfa field. That's the bottom compared to being up on top where I'm at. 
he could easily be in that woods at any time. So uh, when I hunt that property this year, I am not shooting anything unless it's that deer. I want that deer. Oh, I know it's hard to say that, but uh, if I if, if I've had I've had another one um, that's been about the same size on a different property that I chased for you for like three years in a row. And it got the best of me, not shooting anything for a few years. Uh, but uh, I, I kind of have my eyes set on that. That's kind of like a goal. I want that deer. Oh, like, yeah, he's dude. an absolute unit out there. Imagine the story, too. Like, oh, yeah. You've already been watching him, and then one day it just unfolds. Like, that'd be insane. And with, with Rut, I mean, you know, anything can happen. Absolutely. Um, We have, we have one over here that my buddy, he got uh, – camera intel last season and this thing's got a drop time and i have not seen like a drop time buck ever in person and uh i was like man that woods that's only like it's under a mile and a half easy and i'm like it, it could happen i mean we had, we didn't see him at all last year i ain't got no pictures of him on our cameras but that's not to say maybe he's still out there kicking you know <clears throat> right you can't see it but this deer behind me here uh, he actually ha was growing a drop tine. I don't know if he broke it off or it just never grew, uh, but he has a stub, just a little bit of maybe like a quarter of an inch, uh, three-eighths of an inch off the bottom of his uh, right side. That's epic. That's the closest I've ever been to a drop tine. <laughs> <laughs> it counts. You hang a ring on it. <laughs> yeah, close. Flip him upside down. <laughs> uh, so so with that buck, uh, that buck story you just said, it kind of answered my uh question on scouting for that deer but uh on your other properties uh i guess go down your your trail cam uh deployment or whatever and mm -hmm. uh kind of how you tackle the scouting side of things well for years you know it was it was uh you know summer scouting definitely was all off trail cameras and i know we kind of touched on this a little bit uh, on my podcast but i kind of quit um putting so many trail cameras out in the summer I have like two out right now, which, uh, the one in Shelby County, uh, that it's actually Ryan's camera, but, um, <laughs> we, we put all that stuff together and, uh, he's got a giant out there. I, I'll send you a picture of it when we're done recording this right now. But, um, uh, as far as scouting though goes, uh, for, as for bucks anyways, you know, it's just, uh, running those cameras, uh, you know, obviously recon during the season being in the stand putting as many hours in as possible you know i have the uh i get lucky with my one uh one spot in hancock county um it's a an older lady she's in a nursing home now and her her grandson took it over but he still he he, he took kicked everybody off who thought they had permission and it's just me and a set of brothers and there's like three different sections that are spread out uh compared to the guy's house one's like 40 acres the other one's 50 the one's probably 15 ish uh and we kind of like split it up like hey you hunt here we'll hunt here let's just stay away from uh <laughs> nice. you know if, if you want to hunt this just text me say hey you mind if i hunt this today that kind of situation uh and they'll send me trail cam photos uh, and i know some guys that hunt adjacent properties so i can kind of hear some stuff word of mouth sort of thing um, but just putting the time in, man, it, it does a lot for me on a property. 
in the stand, you know what I mean? Oh, I, I sat there tonight and I saw, you know, a, a 160 on the on the back, uh, you know, uh, backfield or whatever, just putting that time in. But, uh, you know, summertime, like we talked before, it can be such a, um, a tease and it can be such – uh, information that you really don't need to use. I'm, you know, I may have this picture of this buck in Shelby County and, and, and just be so focused on, it. I'm going to this spot, we're killing this deer. And then we, we're just so tunneled vision that we don't look outside the box on anything, spend all of our time on one property, blow it, you know, and then waste half our season on chasing a ghost who's not even there. So, I mean, and then later on, you know, maybe a couple of these spots on the river, we may go in and goose hunt or duck hunt. Damn. You know, you can see trails. You Damn. can see, you know, use that, you know, off season in the snow or later on, maybe do some coyote hunting uh, or just go out there, look for sheds. And, you know, you may find some buck beds. You may find, uh, you know, like a community scrape or whatever. Just I'd say more of my scouting anything is just being in the woods and figuring it out. You got to figure it out. Trail cams ain't going to help you figure everything out. No. And, and that that's the misleading part, I think. And Definitely. the year I shot my bi- my biggest was the year I was like, I'm not running any cameras and I'm just staying out. And it played out all right for me. Um, right. <laughs> so you talked about that, that river again. I got to know. So how <laughs> – how how deep are we talking this river? Like you obviously goose hunt it, so how hard is it to retrieve those those geese? Just depends on what section we're in. Uh, there's some spots that can be deeper. You know, there would be deep, deeper pockets on some of the, the the curves of the river in certain places, but most of it, if you have waders on, you can damn near walk all the way across it. Nice. Yeah, so it's not do- deep. They just like split those trees and fly down the middle or what? Yeah, oh pretty much, God. man. That would be epic, dude. Just see that. That's, oh, yeah. It's I bet, awesome, I bet man. That gets you going. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, you know, waterfowl was a um, a passion I picked up in high school or uh, college. I mean, I went to the University of Vin- Vincennes down in southern Indiana. I went to be a conservation officer. Um, I thought that was what I wanted to do. Uh, later found out that's not what I wanted to do. Um, but the guys down there like, Hey man, let's go duck hunting. Never duck hunted a day in my life. I'm like, eh, it's October 25th, buddy. I'm going deer hunting. So like (laughs) they kind of, my, uh, one of my roommates, uh, from down there who is a conservation officer up north, kind of close to you sort of. Uh, but (laughs) he got me into duck hunting, uh, the professor that we had down there for conservation law, he got me into duck hunting. Um, to be a conservation officer, you have to know a lot about waterfowl uh, as far as wings and identification and all that sort of thing goes. So when we went through that, I just got entangled in learning so much about waterfowl. I was almost obsessed with it, to be honest with you. And I wanted to just travel and get on some of these ducks. And I never had been on uh, uh, some of these hunts that I've been on here in the last couple of years. Uh, we have a place, uh, there's a company, uh, in Greenfield close to me, uh, JT calls. I don't know if you've ever heard of those, uh, those calls or not, but goose duck up. and goose calls, but, um, uh, very popular, uh, throughout the United States. Uh, we got to hunt with them one day, uh, duck hunting, uh, and we shot an eight man limit of honkers and an eight man limit of mallards in about oh two hours. God. It was unreal. dude. <laughs> Can't keep the shells in, you know, <laughs> right. Basically <laughs> scrambling. And I got buddies. They uh, they went to Kansas last year on specs, shooting specs and honkers and ducks. And they go to Arkansas. And they're still very involved in it. 
my father here in Knightstown, uh, he runs a kennel for duck dogs. He trains duck dogs and all that sort of stuff. But um, I just can't get away from the whitetails. But uh, oh, I'm, I'm obsessed, way more obsessed with whitetails than I am uh, waterfowl. <laughs> Yeah, I got some good buddies that are like, it's October 14th, I'm going duck hunting or, or whatever <laughs> it is. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be in the woods. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't. They're like, right. oh, I'm sure you got some woodies in there. And I'm like, yeah, they're back there. I know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I tell you what, late season goose, we can go to town. I don't matter. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but, there's uh, a few spots on the river, you know, early season sitting there and might be like that opening weekend of of uh central zone for waterfowl and all i hear coming flying down the river is just woody after woody after woody <laughs> i'm like hell i could have done shot my limit of woodies already <laughs> <laughs> yep yep uh no it, i didn't know that about the conservation uh you know you got to learn quite a bit about the waterfowl which obviously makes sense like the wings and stuff yep and it, it kind of reminded me of i took my wife out for the the first time to to dove hunt with me uh not long ago and she's like how do you guys how do you guys know the difference from the, <laughs> the doves and the, all this stuff and i'm like well first off it's super overcast so everything's black like right. yeah it's, it's difficult so i i can't even imagine you know trying to pick apart all the you know just knowing off the top of your head oh that's that that's that that's that i'm like my i got buddies that are ate up with it and i'm oh, like yeah. And and that just boils down to everything like we've been talking about prior to this. It's uh, just being out there, gaining that knowledge and experience from being in the woods and on the water. Uh, we had a, a a field here not too far from us a couple of years ago. We called it the CrossFit field because you got a <laughs> hell of a workout, you know, uh, getting in and out, putting the blinds up and the decoys out because it was a flooded cornfield, a tiled busted or something, and it held a lot of water. And oh. we killed 67 ducks in three days there. Oh um, God. just absolute hammer job. And, uh, we had 200 plus mallards, uh, landing in, in our spread, uh, about 10 minutes before we could even shoot. So we're sitting there just chomping at the bit and, and, and one of the first or second go rounds of shooting birds. Uh, like I said, the sky was black with birds. There were so many ducks going around and I picked one duck and somebody else picked it out too. Uh, a pintail. It was flying in with the mallards and I said, nobody shoot the mallards. Go for the pintail. <laughs> so everybody just laid this one pintail because <laughs> we don't really get a whole lot of those in our area. And that's one, one of my favorite thing about waterfowl is you shooting all the different kind of species. Uh, but then again, you have to know your bag limits on those species and all that sort of thing too. So waterfowl can be pretty complicated, really. Oh yeah. It definitely seems like a mess, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I I think, and that's what I'm so hard too, is like my buddies that are really into it. They're like, once you dive into it, you'll never go back. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm made up with whitetails. So I got Same. enough money wrapped up into this that, I don't know if I can afford both. You know yeah, mean? waterfowling definitely is expensive, but I definitely understand what you're saying. There's nothing like uh, chasing big, big whitetails. It's a adrenaline rush that a duck can't do for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so you touched on all day sits here, mm-hmm. and I was wondering, well, let's just break it off into this. Uh, do you have any hunting tips for an all day sit? Maybe somebody that has not attempted an all day sit, um, maybe give them some kind of tip on how to make that whole day work out. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a couple. Prior to doing an all-day sit, you need to put yourself in a, a situation that's beneficial for an all-day sit. 
you don't need to sit on a fence row all day. You don't set. We'll, we'll set this stage uh, to give you an example. We'll give you the the tenth of November. Uh, I'm not sitting in the middle of a fence row all day in the tenth of November. One, because I don't think you got to catch them when where you, they need to be, where you think they're going to be. You know what I mean? So like, I sit this one bottom in Hancock County. It's got like a little Brandywine Creek that runs through this bottom. It is my favorite place to sit all day come November. Because I don't ever know, like when we talk about the river bottoms, I don't know what I'm going to see because they can come from any which direction. I got a pasture to the north. I got fields to the south and east and west. I'm surrounded by fields almost besides this one bottom. And they come back into that bottom to either lock a doe down, uh, search bedding for a doe. You know, it's just that, t- that window of, of locking locking does down or breeding or whatever so i think if i was a big buck where do you want to be that's my mindset when i do an all-day sit in november um i want to be where i think he's going to want to be at some point whether it be in the morning midday the afternoon i know at some point he's going to come downwind of this bedding area and sniff around see what's going on and hopefully he makes the wrong decision and tries to come too close to that bedding area because I'm going to be lurking on the outskirts of him and I'm going to get him. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> uh, but as far as uh, tips, I would say another tip would be um, obviously maybe pack a lunch. Um, pack a lunch, maybe a, <laughs> a Gatorade bottle to pee in. Uh, definitely bring plenty of liquids for yourself. Um, but if you're wanting to do an all-day set, definitely be in something comfortable. You know, whether it be your climber or whatever, get in something that's comfortable. You know, I, I've seen uh, some of the places I have actually, you know, have a lock on, uh, but it doesn't have a padded seat on it. So I take no. a padded seat in with me, you know what I mean, to sit there all day. I do a lot of standing, too, when it comes to an all-day sit. I'll stand up for a little bit and lean against the tree, go for a little bit. I'll sit down and get back up. Uh, you just got to make yourself comfortable and uh, it, you know, it's funny cause you know, we come home from deer hunting all day and the wives are like, why are you so tired? They don't understand the energy it takes out of you to do that. Oh, it's insane. It is insane. You wouldn't think by sitting in a tree stand all day, you'd be that wore out, but it will completely exhaust you. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's funny. You mentioned the, the stand versus sit method and my buddy always jokes with me about it. He's like, you never sit down in that tree. And I'm like, <laughs> right. I'm like, dude, I feel like if I'm sitting down, like I just, I don't, I'm not ready. Like I, <laughs> I'm just standing. And then, yeah. you know, of course the, the 20 minutes I decide to sit down, here comes something. But, uh, <laughs> I'd say another tip for that is stay off your cell phone. Yeah. Uh, how many another. times uh, have you been in a stand and you thought, Hey, I'm going to check the score of the Colts game, or I'm going to check the weather and see what's going on. What's the pressure looking like? You know, I messed around on my phone for a minute. I look up and, you know, basket racks <laughs> chasing three does through the bottom. I'm like, Holy shit. You know, <laughs> trying oh. to get my phone back in my pocket. Like just keep it in your pocket. I understand you'll get bored at some point, but let it ride out. Especially if you play this out just right on the timing of it. And it could, you would be amazed of how much deer action you'll see at dead noon when everybody's back at the truck stop eating pancakes and waffles and you're still sitting there uh and the big boy comes cruising looking for a doe you're still sitting there it will pay off for you i promise that that uh <laughs> that's what i tried to do last season was was try to catch one of them slipping midday and i i had a pile of does come in and it was right at noon and i'm like see we didn't if we would have sat you know and left mm-hmm. at 10 I feel like they just know to come out after 10 because usually everybody's gone <laughs> right. by then. 
or somebody pushes him, you know, a neighboring yep. property. He gets up to leave and he pushes the whole herd across the field to you or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny you say stay off your phone. Um, the one stand that I actually welded together that was like big enough and comfortable enough for two people. Uh, it was last year. Purdue was playing Iowa. <laughs> and my buddy's got a magnet on the backside of his phone and he put it on the shooting rail right in front of us as we were waiting <laughs> now that's different i have sat i mean i can remember uh opening weekend of gun last last year um uh, my my buddy that helped me start blue river bow hunting ryan uh he's not much of an all-day sit guy he gets a little fidgety he doesn't really like to sit there all day and I kind of suckered him into an all-day sit because they were cutting corn on the other side of the Ooh. river. So we thought they would push some deer out to us eventually. Uh, and I did almost the exact same thing. I had, I had a tree that was in front of me, so I just screwed a, a thing, one of my hangers in there, and put my bag in front of me. And I set my phone right in the middle of that bag, and I was yeah. watching the Colts game as we were sitting there. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. Well, and especially last year, it was like, Purdue was on fire, so I was like, man, yeah. we got to watch this game and end up winning. <laughs> right. We're, like, going nuts in the stand, you know. <laughs> I feel bad for Purdue after this past weekend. That was a, a hell of a game they played hey. against Syracuse. Yeah, don't sleep on Syracuse. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, but uh, don't look now, but my Hoosiers are 3-0. and <laughs> You got that going. You yeah. got that going for it. Now your Colts. Uh, yeah, I don't even want to talk about that. that. might not want to watch those games. But <laughs> I'll be at the game this week. I'm a Bears fan, so I can relate. Right. you can relate for a long time <laughs> yeah that's no joke um you talk about out-of-state hunts a lot yep uh do you have any out-of-state hunts planned this year i know you said you're down in kentucky already yeah we went to kentucky for the opener down there um as far as re the rest of the season here i do not uh that may change uh if i shoot one prior to uh my rutcation if I do shoot one before my rotation, that is a possibility. Don't know where that would be. Um, there's some states that I love hunting. Like last year we talked about, I shot my buck on October 27th and I still had my rotation plan and I'm not going to not still go deer hunting. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we went to Ohio, uh, and I ended up killing a buck there. Um, the day before our last day, uh, I had broke my climber. Uh, and this is prior to getting into saddle hunting and all that, uh, broke the platform to my climber. So I, uh, bow hunted from the ground which is a huge pet peeve of mine i do not like deer hunting from the ground at all uh, especially out of a blind or anything it may, it may, uh, youth season this weekend i may be sitting in a blind with a kid but that's a whole lot different compared mm -hmm. to being by myself or filming or whatever and i took the, the the little i have like one of those tripods for turkey hunting that goes on my bow on the limb of my bow where i can just set my bow down and it's yeah. upright you know uh i just sat in like a, a real thick briar patch uh with one kind of shooting lane into this uh uh saddle this ridge uh was sitting there and uh heard some grunting and looked looked down to the bottom it was like a bowl at the bottom uh this little little six pointer come running up through there grunting stopped dead nuts at 40 yards and i had even time to range him uh ranged <laughs> him at 40 yards and i had a a window about the size of a picture frame and i threw it through there and stroked him what oh, i did yeah. not and this is on public land what i did not know was there was a guy 40 yards from me watching the whole thing oh, i didn't no ever shit. heard the guy come in i it was one of those days uh we hunted in the morning didn't have much luck we went and got lunch and uh 
while sitting at our campsite uh eating our lunch we're like dude let's just we're here let's just go back out let's eat and go right back out so we hunted from like noon to dark uh and i never even heard the guy come in or anything uh and i was way back in there and i even like there was a point where i had to like almost like crawl in through this thicket to get <laughs> up on this ridge where I wanted to go. And this guy come in and I didn't even hear him. And he's like, you just stroked that one. He goes, hell of a shot, kid. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, man. You want to help me drag this thing three miles back to the truck? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> through Talk about a haul. Stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but Ohio was really fun. I had a lot of fun. I wish I would have done a little bit more homework uh, prior hunting the property the property that we did um it would definitely be different if i went back this year uh their pricing is not too bad on out of state i think it was 250 i paid last year but um i don't know man i had a lot of fun in kentucky uh for their opener down there if i get it done here i may just go ahead and splurge and buy a tag down there because uh, the guys that I went down there with, they go back several times throughout the year. So if I get it done here, it may be something that I go do, hunt Kentucky. I actually own property in Kentucky. No uh, that's, shit. That's huntable. So I could go down there and maybe try it. Or, I don't know. There's a, a, couple, a couple other states I would like to knock off the list, but most of them are drawed or point system or you, you got to figure something like that out. But uh, my dream state, man. Uh, is Wisconsin, man. I killed that one in 2020 there. Uh, I'm not going to lie. When I retire, that's where I'm going. I'm buying up the biggest farm I can afford in Wisconsin somewhere. Uh, and the deer hunting there is just freaking unreal, man. That's what I'm hearing. That it's, it's pretty awesome. Off the, off the I, chain. I saw 30, 50, 80 deer every hunt. Uh, I saw big man. boys every time I sat almost. Uh, it was just unreal, man. I have some crazy footage on that video that I'm talking about. Uh, actually the same day I killed my buck, uh, I come in, like I said, there's six inches of snow on the ground. So you can hear a, you know, a mouse run across the snow, you know, cause it's so oh, loud yeah. and crunchy. And, uh, I have, uh, this one little, uh, basket rack that chases does for like a half hour in front of me. And I got all the things that you want as somebody behind a camera. I got him making a scrape. I got him making a rub. I got him grunting, chasing these does around. And when I say you can hear the vocal vocalizations of him running, like he does it four or five times, and it's like almost right underneath me. So you get that just, you know, you just hear him chasing, and it's, you hear him running through the snow, and it just brings me back, man. If you ever get a chance to go to Wisconsin, uh, it's an unreal trip. Uh, First-time buyer, archery buyer in the state of Wisconsin, it's like $67. What? Dude, it's unreal. I'm telling you. I, everybody needs, if you are a whitetail nut like I am, you have got to try Wisconsin. Like, I fell in love with it. Like, I'm ready to move there. Like, <laughs> I, I am not joking you. Uh, it's right off the, the county that I hunted, Buffalo County. It's right off the Mississippi River okay. up there. So there's, like, small little river towns and stuff like that. And I got there, uh, I think, two days prior to my hunt starting because I went to an outfitter up there. Uh, first time I've ever done anything like that. Uh, you know, I know not a lot of people knock it. I don't knock it until you try it because it's freaking awesome. Um, but I was, I was staying in a small little river town. Uh, it was a Sunday in October, uh, you know, football on. I thought, I'm going to go 
find a bar somewhere and have a couple of beers and, you know, try some food, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I went in and like everybody turns and looks at me, you know, they're all watching the Packers and their <laughs> diehards. And you can tell that I'm not from around there just by the way I talk compared yeah. to them. And uh, I sit down at the bar and the bartender slides this big jug over to me and it looks like pull tabs. And I said, no, thank you. I'm, I may have a few beers and play later. She goes, no, it's a, it's a Sunday special. If you want a beer, uh, you need to take one of these pull tabs out of here. Okay. So I reached in, grabbed it. First one I ripped off. Buy one, get one free. I'm no. like, hell yeah, yeah, this is my kind of place. Sounds like we need to go right now. <laughs> right? I <laughs> uh, had some of the best uh, chili and grilled cheese I've ever had. My, I ended up staying for like six hours watching like all day football oh, in there. Uh, beer after beer. Met with a lot of the locals. They were very welcoming. You know, you're you're in here to deer hunt this week, ain't you? I'm like, that's exactly what I'm here to do. You know, who are you, who are you hunting with this week? Yada, yada, yada others because it's like i said it's the number one county in the united states so there's plenty of uh outfitters and all guides and all that kind of stuff up there so they know all the the, the local uh you know shops up there and it's pretty cool to check that out so you're still out there on like public land or whatever and they no the i was on private leases up there oh, okay I think he had said he had like uh, 50,000 acres or something that he leased every year. Um, dude, and it's unreal. Like, I saw bears. I saw bobcats. I saw a 160-inch buck chasing a doe at 11 o'clock. Uh, dude, it was unreal. I saw deer all day long. Like, it was no stopping the action. It was crazy. They packed a lunch for me. Like, I got up there. I'm eating freaking bologna sandwiches with <laughs> fruit snacks and shit. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, how much is that outfit and run, at least where you were going? I did um, four or five days or something like that, uh, and I think I paid 2500 bucks. Nice. So not nothing crazy, you know. Some of them get pretty salty up there, but oh, I, I just wanted. Too. I had never been on a trip like that, and, uh, and uh, me and my wife were big race fans. Uh, we go to a lot of uh, racing throughout the summer, and in 2020, you couldn't go to any of it. No. So I said, hey, with some of this money we're saving from not being able to go on vacations and stuff like that, you think I could? I've never been to like a big hunt like that. Of course, I couldn't get any of my buddies to go with me because they didn't want to spend $2,500 on a deer hunt. But I was like, I'm going. I'm going. If I had to, I, would, I did this whole adventure nine and a half, ten hours from my house by myself. Oh, you should have picked me up on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was so awesome. I met some of the coolest people. The guy, the guide that I had, um, because there's several guides at an outfitter. Uh, he used to be a cameraman for Pat Nicole on Driven TV. So he's giving me all these tips about filming whitetails. Uh, multiple deer got shot while we were there that were absolute giants. I got to check all that. I got to go help retrieve a couple of them. I helped that, like I said, I got there early. Uh, the first night that I got there, my hunt didn't start for two more days. I helped the, uh, the guy, the owner, uh, get a smoker going dude oh, unbelievable yeah. spread i mean i'm talking smoked ribs with coleslaw mashed potatoes full breakfast every morning dude it was unreal so they feed you and what you stay there you can too, or? you could eat as much as you want dude it's unreal yeah and they had um he had some cabins uh up by his little place where like the the main uh cabin or whatever where everybody went and ate and stuff and then he owned like a local motel so he would, there's a lot of fishermen in the area too that come and fish the Mississippi. So he had like a little thing going. I actually stayed in the motel or whatever, but, um, 
it was so fun. And they treated me like they knew me for years, man. It was such a great experience. Oh, I bet. It's well worth the money in mm-hmm. the way that that sounded. Oh, right absolutely. <laughs> um, do, do you guys got any special traditions? I know we touched on ours, but uh, you and your boys get together and do stuff or what? Yeah, we do a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, for years, um, back when I was younger and hunted with my dad, my uncle, and my cousin that were big into it, uh, every opening morning of gun season, we would go to the truck stop. Uh, and they had a little diner at the truck stop, and we'd get a big breakfast. And there's, hell, the whole diner was filled with guys going gun hunting, you know. So everybody was all hooting and hollering that it was deer season and that sort of thing. But I would say the, <laughs> the biggest tradition uh, that I have now really is this weekend. Uh, youth season here in Indiana uh, is I've had such a good time. I moved into my house that I live in now here uh, three years ago. Uh, little did I know uh, the guy next door was going to turn out to be a, like a brother to me. Uh, oh, yeah. And he's got three kids, and we take them uh, deer hunting on youth weekend. Uh, the last couple of years we've had deer. I think every year that I've done it with him, we've had at least one deer down on youth weekend. And it's just so fun after that, seeing, you know, the look on their Like my first ever, one of my first ever kills on video that I got to post on YouTube was his oldest son smoking a doe during youth season. And you would think he just shot a 180. This kid's Damn. shaking and all shook up. And you, you see us uh, tracking it and then him talking about it uh, and talking about his experiences and all. Dude, it was a freaking blast. That's awesome. I'm excited to get out there for uh, my first youth deer hunt with my boy. Oh, that's we're, uh, awesome, dude. We're going to pile my wife, my other son, and uh, me into the tower blind we just bought specifically for this reason. Um, <laughs> right. it, it's big enough for all four of us. And I, I'm the way it's going, because I've been hunting up there so far and I can't get away from bucks. I'm like, he's going to, I already know he's going to crush <laughs> one. Like, I just <laughs> have that feeling. I think uh, we, I think we're going to have a buck down this weekend too. We've had, we've had twins, uh, basket rack twins basically they've been there for a couple of years now but they've been in that uh food plot quite a bit uh here in the past month and my phone was blown up uh, as we we're sitting here but i think they went and sat in their tower blind tonight just to see what they saw uh in that that particular food plot uh but i got a feeling uh young cam he killed his first deer ever last year on youth oh, weekend yeah. uh i got a feeling he's gonna repeat oh yeah <laughs> uh so um talked about gun there for a second do you touch the gun much or do you just strictly stay to the bow you know we're blue river bow hunting um you know i i I don't regret anything about what i've uh i've built here as a brand um you know because everybody's asked me kind of the same thing you're bow only right yes i am but blue river bow hunting also just stands for so much more like we've talked about uh, throughout the show turkey hunting waterfowl like there's so much other things i think the reason why i named it blue river bow hunting is that was just our passion we i mean i have a freaking tattoo of a brawhead coming through my arm like i, oh, yeah. I bleed for i would i love every aspect of it um but i'm not gonna lie when the gun season comes around and if i haven't got it done which uh <laughs> the past like three years i have got it done with a bow oh, i'll nice. break i'll break the gun out I'm more of like a, a smooth bore, twelve gauge kind of guy than oh, a rif- yeah. than a rifle kind of guy. <laughs> oh yeah, there's something about it, dude. Oh like, yeah. Like uh, last year, I took I took my twelve gauge up there to Michigan and no scope, just a bead. Oh yeah. Smooth bore, 
and yeah, pumping first slugs that, out. <laughs> oh yeah, first that dropped it right there. But uh, yeah, there's there's definitely something. I don't know. There's something special about that weekend. I feel like it's just it just seems like it hits different. I don't know. Yeah, I get that. Everybody wants to get it done with a bow. But yeah. for sure. And, and and I have bow hunted uh, quite a bit during gun season before, back when I hadn't got it done. I can remember sitting there one opening day with, with my bow and hearing all these gunshots, and I'm thinking, I'm a freaking idiot. I should have brought a gun today. <laughs> yeah, every time. <laughs> and then you see every one time. at 100 yards, and you're like, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> or you do the old swap in the stand with your buddy. <laughs> right. You bring your bow, I'm bringing a 308. <laughs> um. What is your goal for this year? Uh, my goal for 2022, and I would say um, more times than not, I I wouldn't say I put a lot of pressure on myself, uh, but it tends to feel like that sometimes. I would say my biggest goal for the year is not even technically killing a camp or killing a uh, killing anything. I want to get somebody, whether it's me or one of the other guys on my team. I want somebody to shoot a freaking giant on film. Like I need to be put on the map, you know, (laughs) like that's going to put you on the map. You show, have a video that you put on YouTube and somebody shoots a 150 inch deer. I don't care if it's with a gun, with a bow, with a freaking slingshot. It's going to put you on the map somehow. Oh yeah. Clickbait for sure. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like uh, our content, like you said, you enjoy our content. I feel like maybe it doesn't get, uh, the eyes, uh, maybe that it deserves sometimes even right. the, even our podcast that we do. So I just want people to acknowledge, uh, acknowledge us as, as somebody that, and I'm not saying we're professionals. Like I've, I've stated a million times, we're just regular guys, but we happen to get it done sometimes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I want, I want us, I'm not trying to, uh, say we're higher above anybody on the food chain or anything like that. I just want you to pay attention to what we're doing sort of thing. Right. You know what I mean? crazy shit you know (laughs) well and you got to put a lot of work in too so for sure i uh, wanted to pay off right yeah you just try try to blow it up as much as you can for sure box and then i i'm over here sitting with a with a one more mess up on tiktok and i'm banned you know so uh so the first sit of the of the year, obviously you're going uh, youth, but your actual first sit of the year, do you have any game plan on how you're going to approach that? I know wins and all that stuff can kind of vary where you're going to sit, but do you have like something in your head on how you're going to approach it? Like our first sit of the year, like we already know what we're going to do, live or die, whatever, win, we are, we're going to make it happen. We're going to go in hard. <laughs> right. So. Well, I would say, Yes, I do kind of have uh, in mind what I want to do. Uh, so Ryan, like I've mentioned a few times, it helped me start all this. Um, his wife is pregnant. Uh, she's Ooh. due like the middle of October. So I know he's not going to get a lot of hunting, and especially bow hunting in uh, right off the bat. Uh, so there's a couple properties that we've teamed up with each other for years. Uh, and we, we kind of joked the other day that we wanted to pull a double 
uh, on does opening day because we have this one uh, field that we can hunt along. Uh, you know, we hunt Blue River, well, I, that I talk about all the time. Obviously, my name's a part of it, uh, but that's Big Blue. We have a uh, a bottom on Little Blue. Ooh. It's a a smaller version, a branch off of Big Blue. And uh, do we sh- we see so many does there in early season? Uh, we're talking about moving uh, moving over to where we see the majority of them and trying to pull a double like the first day of both season. <laughs> Dude, it's tough. It, it is it, tough. It, it's awful. And then you got you got two blood trails, and I've only <laughs> right. been a part of that once. And <laughs> it was opening day, uh, 2017, and it was just it was a mess. It was one of those deals. He shot first, and it kicked one of the does right underneath me, and it just I mean it's it's wild. Yeah, I we just, pulled a we pulled a double on film uh, two two years ago. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend with guns. That's a little different than doing it with a boat, though. <laughs> Still, though, double. It was awesome, man. You have to go check that out. It's called uh, Doe Patrol uh, on our uh, YouTube. Uh, we shot four does, I think, in two days. Oh. Uh, two different properties. Uh, obviously, you have to abide by the county uh, bag limits for does here in Indiana. Uh, so we were hunting Shelby, both tagged out on does. The next day, we shot two more in Hancock, Dude, <laughs> and we epic. were tagged out. <laughs> that is epic. Yeah, yeah it's pretty I've, awesome. I've never, uh, I guess you said, been fortunate enough to, to get into my bonus deer quota. And, and so I've never really checked that. Uh, check that in but i guess could you explain that for people real quick what for like like uh, how to check in your bonus those like online or whatever yeah you just go on once you uh harvest your bonus uh quota for the county uh you go on uh either the app on the on the phone or there's a phone number you can call with your license information and all that tag your deer in uh private public there's a bunch of questions they'll ask you but that's how you, how you get the, all that done <laughs> the laundry list of questions <laughs> the laundry you're list over of here questions. like it's got to be am or it's always sweating I, I always look at that thing and i'm like all right where am i going to jail now but, well, uh, it's, it's funny because uh you can actually hear it in the video so uh like i said it's I think that was the the first part of that video was Friday of Thanksgiving weekend that particular year. All these does are coming across the field right off the bat. And uh, I shoot the first one, dropped her uh, with camera in hand. I hand him the gun, uh, and he shoots one. He's like, you want me to shoot another one? I'm like, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. We just shot our our, our county quota. Don't put the gun down. <laughs> Getting happy with it. <laughs> right. And then it's funny because right after – uh, we plugged those does. Uh, a coyote um, came in to a, just a little bit uh, too far for a shotgun, but you know me. I still tried it anyways. Oh, yeah. I shot right over top of him, but it Damn. was still fun because he hauled ass afterwards. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, we we had a coyote I think we spent six shells on. It uh, came running out into a field, and I take it with my three oh eight, And, you know, looking at a bare field, I'm in the woods, and I'm like, Dude, that thing looks like maybe 150 or yep. something like that, and and I shot right over it. It ended up running back towards us. My buddy starts shooting, then I start shooting, <laughs> and I run down the tree line right in front of us, and I I smoked it. But uh, nice. I was like, that was an expensive one. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, where where can everybody find you at uh, Blue River Bow Hunting? Yeah, you can find us on Facebook. 
uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, go wild if that's your thing. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn as a podcast host. I put a lot of content on there. I'm trying to think if there's anything I'm missing. I don't think so, but uh, then you can find uh, my our podcast, uh, Blue River Bow Hunting Podcast. Uh, it's a weekly show we put out every week, uh, and that's about it. Hell yeah! Well, like I said, I I appreciate you coming on, and I appreciate you uh, helping me out last week, and uh, hope you guys lay down a absolute monster this year because I'd love to see the footage of that and absolutely. Uh, hopefully, the hunt down there and. And October goes good. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make that one just the way I'm getting plagued with bad luck right now. So <laughs> <it's> <laughs> well, hopefully that turns good. around for you because I'd love for you to come down and uh, meet everybody. There's going to be some really cool people uh, part of this event. Uh, like I said, if anybody's listening and uh, you like going hunting public land, we are holding a public land deer camp in Hoosier National Forest in southern Indiana. Uh, the weekend of October 21st through the 23rd, we're uh, staying at Indian Selena Campground. Uh, we're basically packing the place. Uh, we're going to have, uh, you know, bonfires and everybody's going to be cooking and uh, having a good time. But uh, there's going to be some uh, some familiar faces in the hunting world down there uh, that you may have seen on social media a time or two. And it's going to be a pretty fun event. So uh, if anybody has any questions on that, you can uh, message us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or wherever it is you find us uh, and ask questions. And I can add you, we have a, uh, a group chat on, uh, I've never heard of it before. There's an app called group me. Uh, so we have like a big group chat on there. It's to help with everything that weekend. Uh, you say you shoot one and you don't, you came down there by yourself and you need help dragging it out or help finding the party at night or em- emergency, maybe get hurt in the woods or you can't find nobody or something, oh, yeah. but it's just that sort of thing. But, uh, definitely come, come down if you, if you want to have a good time and, uh, hunt some, uh, public land giants and who's your national. Oh yeah. It sounds like a ball. <laughs> right. So good luck to all the youth hunters that are going out this weekend. I really hope, uh, they can lay something down and. Hopefully it's a monster at that as well. But uh, you guys know where we stand and deer don't care about your feelings. (laughs) Yeah.